If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. This is Wrecker Actual, over. Stand by for transmission. Prepare to copy. This is American Vindictive. Hey everybody, Dave and Doug here on the Dave and Doug Intel Report, Heroes Nation, the Common Sense Show.tv. And uh, you can see we have Timothy Alberino here. So this uh, you probably have guessed that this presentation is going to be out of this world, literally and figuratively. 
just wanted to remind you that uh, because of the kindness of the Mike Lindell people, great patriot, um, <laughs> they approached us and said, I'd like to give your audience half off everything we do. So yeah, that's still there. And that's an appreciation for the work they say that I've done on voter fraud, particularly here in Maricopa County where I'm at. So all you got to do is go to um, mystore.com, use the coupon code Hodges to get that great deal. It's absolutely fantastic. So anyway, we're going to talk about some stunning admissions from our government. And we're just going to, Doug and I are just going to hand this off to Tim. And he's going to go through some articles here that I think are going to really catch your attention. And it could change your paradigm. Well, great to be with you guys again. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. Yeah, there's some ex excerpts from, an, from a remarkable article that came out uh, that I'd like to read. The article came out in Vice News uh, at the end of August. And um, I remember glancing at it and I just read the headline and, and I didn't actually get in the article until a couple weeks later. But uh, uh, listen to this headline. Congress admits UFOs not man-made says threats increasing exponentially. That's the, the title of this article from Vice News. And uh, it, I want to read a few excerpts um, from this article so that uh, people can understand the, the gravity of what's happening right now uh, in Congress. And Are uh, so you going to address the threats increasing exponentially aspect of this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, let me read some excerpts here, and then uh, and then uh, then we can just dive into it. Um, so the article reads: buried deep in a report that's that's an addendum to the Intelligence Authorization Act for fiscal year 2023, a budget that governs America's clandestine services. Congress made two startling claims. The first is that, quote, cross-domain trans-medium threats to the United States national security are expanding exponentially. The second is that it wants to distinguish between UFOs that, that are human in origin and those that are not. A cross-domain trans-medium threat is one that, by the Pentagon's definition, can move from water to air to space in ways we don't understand. A large question, of course, is why Congress is seemingly admitting this now in public. After all, lawmakers are privy to classified information that the general public isn't. It strains credulity to believe that lawmakers would include such extraordinary language in public legislation without compelling evidence, Merrick von Rennenkampf, an Obama-era DOD official, said in an op-ed in The Hill about the budget. He continues, this implies that members of the United States of the, of, I'm sorry, this implies that members of the Senate Intelligence Committee believe on a, on a unanimous bipartisan basis that some UFOs have non-human origins, von Rennenkampf continued. After all, why would Congress establish a task force, uh, establish and task a powerful new office with investigating non man-made UFOs if such objects did not exist. Make no mistake, one branch of the American government, it, this is, a, this is a Obama's guy continuing here in this quote, I'm just jumping down the article. Make no mistake, one branch of the American government implying that UFOs have non-human origins 
is an explosive development. In 2021, the DOD issued a report detailing more than 100 sightings that it investigated. It said some of what it studied could not be explained with current scientific models and asked for more time and money to study the phenomenon. Congress has given it to them, and now it's asking the Pentagon to focus only on those objects that haven't been des designed by human hands. Let me say that again. Congress has given them the money, and it's now asking the Pentagon to focus only on those objects that haven't been designed by human hands. So there you have it. That's the Vice article and there are other articles in the Hill and, and uh, that, that came out concurrent with this article. But there it is. It's now out in the open, admitted by Congress that they're not investigating just strange lights in the skies or unidentified aerial phenomenon, you know, that might be Russian or Chinese tech. They know that what they, the only thing that they're interested in right now is technology that has not been designed by human hands. That's where we are right now. And it's just absolutely stunning to me how quickly we got here. You know, before I wrote my book, Birthright 2020, we were not here. Just in the span of a couple of years, we are now here. Congress uh, is... You know, just like this article states, and this again, this is a, a, one of Obama's DOD guys that's being quoted in this article. If they're openly talking about vehicles that basically are non-human in origin, then they're being briefed on some really, really compelling stuff because they're not going to go out there and say stuff like this and print stuff like this and put it in a budget and be this open about it unless they've seen really, really compelling evidence evidence that the rest of us have not seen well this is this is what i think about with this is that uh the the, the way i think about this is two things is this a continuation of blue book or is this a new advanced way of continuing oh. blue book oh this is way beyond blue book well so you know, project blue book, blue book and sign and all those different projects that the government undertook those are all dog and pony shows. They all were. of those projects yeah. were, were designed to uh, obfuscate the truth. They were not designed to uh, uncover anything substantial about UFOs. They were designed to sweep it under the rug mm -hmm. and to satisfy public interest. This is completely different. Indeed, this is the opposite of that. So that's we are now in complete disclosure mode. The government, the Pentagon, and Congress overseeing the, Pentag the Pentagon in this uh, specific uh, case is now demanding to know what the origin and and the technology and everything that they can get out of the Pentagon regarding uh, these non-human uh, uh, UFOs. That's where we are, and it's not. This is not being hidden anymore. It's it's literally, it's it's literally a function of our Congress at this point. Well, this which is what, I, it's, it's absolutely mind blowing. This is what's strange to me is, and I pay attention to the history of all this, is that from 47 to 67, you have Blue Book. You have J. Allen Hynek going out there, proving and disproving, and the Air Force threatening and sometimes even murdering people. And then in 1995, they do a full document disclosure of what actually happened. But between 67 and 94, they said it never happened. And then 95, boom, everything comes out. Here's everything about Blue Book. 
even though you know they still admit there's no in 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 the 95 disclosure they say that there's no ufos there's no proof uh some of the out of i think it's like the 12,000 um different reports of phenomena that they investigated there was only like 700 that they couldn't have a solid answer for. And then out of 700, there was about a hundred of them that they said, okay, this was an a actual unidentified object, but they left it at that. They never came anywhere close to defining anything. But why now? Out of all the other times between because, 95 and now, would you want to disclose this? Because exactly what the title of this article says, the threats are increasing exponentially. It's like I always say, the phenomenon is forcing disclosure. It's forcing the government's hand. It's not that the government wants to disclose this and admit, because remember, part and parcel with disclosure of the alien presence is the government cover-up. If they admit, which they're doing now, that, that, that this extraterrestrial technology exists, and by extension, extraterrestrials, then what they're also doing is a tacit admission. What they're also admitting tacitly, I should say, is that they have been covering up this fact, at least since the Roswell incident. And that is the real embarrassing part for the government. That's the part that really, really bothers them. And that's part of the reason why we haven't seen disclosure previous to this point. The phenomenon is increasing exponentially. They can't keep a lid on it. Everybody's got a, an HD camera in their hand now walking around. Too many of our servicemen and women are seeing these objects, you know, uh, as they're flying over the skies in, in, in our aircraft or sailing the oceans uh, in, our, in our vessels. And it just cannot be controlled anymore. The only thing that the government can control at this point, and when I say the government, I mean the Pentagon, is the narrative. That's it. They can't control the phenomenon. They can only control the narrative. And let me say again, I always add this caveat when I talk about this subject, um, the things that are being disclosed to the members of Congress, um, the information that's being disclosed to them is most likely stuff that people in the UFO community have already known for many years. I mean, they probably have some videos and uh, some other things that they're looking at that we've never seen, obviously, because they've been classified. But in terms of the information, they're not learning anything that I, I think that most ufologists have known for years. Um, but the Pentagon is, is a very compartmentalized entity, and there's probably only a handful of people within that building who really know what's going on, not what's being briefed to Congress, but who are overseeing or at least are privy to the, the black projects that are being developed by the um by the contractors by the by the military contractors like lockheed martin like the rand corporation and that's where the real knowledge is kept and and i don't think that we're going to see disclosure of that information i think that information is is going to remain clandestine but the but the information that's the the disclosure that's being forced upon the pentagon is the fact that ufo's are real many of them are not made designed in the in the words of this uh, of obama's uh, uh former dod guy not designed by human hands what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Uh, okay, I, I, I want to jump in here with a couple questions. Um, you have to understand, my nature as teaching research and stat is to be um, to look for alternative explanations, not, not to denigrate what you're saying. But... Um, let me ask you just, first of all, what threats are increasing? You mentioned that threats are increasing exponentially. What are the threats can specifically? I, can I add something before Tim answers that? Uh, in that 95 disclosure of Blue Book, the, the Air Force and the Pentagon said that there was no threat. And then in 2011, well, about or a little bit earlier in 2011, but 2011 to 14, you have tip. And that's what the, the advanced, you know, research into the threats. So, you know, along with what Dave's saying, when did the threat come? Because for this, I want, well, I want to know time, what the threats are though. I, I, you know, to me, the timing is secondary to what they are. What are the threats, Tim? Do you know? The threats are increased harassment of military assets, uh, including uh, warships, including uh, our airplanes, our fighter jets, including our top secret uh, underground bases that the saucers have been hovering over, including probably, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming this part, the other things I know for true, the ones I just mentioned for a fact, um, but I'm also going to assume that we're seeing increased uh, interference with our, uh, some of our uh, nuclear defense systems. Well, well, that's yeah, that's been documented by the Russians and us. Yes, and so uh, of so course that's, that's there's historic. There are there are there are historical incidences like uh, here in Montana where yeah, it's w exactly where the where saucers have deactivated our nuclear silos. Uh, so I assume that more of that is happening, and so um, this whole thing is being it's being presented in the context of a national security threat, exactly as I predicted in Birthright. Um, the threat, to be very, very specific, and I think, I think Congress knows what I'm about to say. I really do. I think Congress is this far along. And when I say Congress, I mean the, the, that committee, whatever it's called, this, this select intelligence committee. The threat specifically is coming from the Greys. Um, now, has Congress been told about other factions that are in play, maybe some neutral factions, maybe some quote unquote friendly factions? I don't know, but I can almost guarantee that they have been briefed extensively on the Greys. And it's, and it's scaring the daylights out of them. And um, the Greys are a malevolent group. Um, they're malevolent um, uh, based on 
based on the things that they do, namely the abductions, the cattle mutilations, and who knows what else the greys are up to. But, but based on those two things alone, we, we can be assured that they are not friendly. And so uh, I, I, I would assume that Congress has been briefed on cattle mutilations and, and then, of course, alien abduction. So here's now the crux of the threat. The obviously the harassment of our military assets is a big deal. That in itself constitutes a nas massive national security threat because these are technologies that we have no defense against. Again, the, the, the flying saucers, for example, all of the UFOs can traverse their transmedium uh, uh, technologies. They can traverse through the seas in the very same way that they traverse through the atmosphere, um, which is which is light years ahead of us in terms of what our vehicles can do. But so that constitutes a massive threat. We can't we have no defense against th those kind of that kind of technology. But aside from that, the abductions. And I would I would I would uh, I would assume that abductions are also increasing exponentially and have been for decades. And, and we're and we're and we're coming we're heading for some kind of crescendo here. It's amazing. And I keep coming to this realization, realization as I'm talking to you guys and as I talk about this subject with other people, that, that this thing's out of the closet now. I mean, we are not, this conversation we're having right now is not at all within the realm of conspiracy anymore. This is stone cold fact. This is documented fact at this point that our media is openly admitting in our Pentagon and our Congress. So what, what a bizarre time to be alive. You know, I got another question, too, and it's two questions, actually. One is, the more you talk, the more I think it's true that Eisenhower had meetings with these aliens. They reached an agreement, and now that agreement's been breached by the mm -hmm. Greys. Things are out of control. I would say that's where this is stemming from. Bingo. Let, let, me, let me ask you this, though. With the uh, World Economic Forum... You'll eat bugs and plants and fake lab meat. And we're taking away all your technology and you're going to live like it's uh, feudal ages. Does this globalization movement and the dehumanization, the depopulation being done by our elite, do you think in any way this is connected to an alien agenda that they're acting out on? It very well may be. You know, I, I'm going to I'm going to botch this story and I won't tell the full story, but I'll, I'm going to reference Phil Schneider. Uh, actually, it was it was El Bielik, uh, who yeah. was recalling a story that Phil Schneider had told him uh, regarding again, I'm going to botch some of the details, but regarding a meeting that he was that Phil was invited to because Phil had um, he had a very high level of, of clearance because he was a, a, a geologist working on building the underground bases in America, the underground base network in America, which was, which is uh, classified at the highest levels of classification. And so he had a, a, a clearance that would allow him uh, to, to participate in this meeting, to attend this meeting. And the meeting was, he says, according to El Bielik, that the meeting took place in Europe. I don't remember where, but it was it, it, it was organized by the United Nations and it was underground. And he said that there were heads of state there and there were all kinds of, of important people gathered at this meeting. 
And then the people who were involved in building the underground bases were there. And there's obviously military personnel from different nations and so forth. And again, according to El Bilic, this is an account that El Bilic, El Bilic was relaying from a story that he had heard um, uh, from directly from Phil Schneider. When, when Phil got into this facility under the ground, there was a stage. It was a, they were in a meeting hall and there was a stage up front and there were chairs, empty chairs sitting up front. So obviously um, there were going to be some, some individuals who were leading the meeting that were going to be uh, arriving at some point in time. So everybody's gathered waiting. And to Phil's utter shock and dismay, alien entities walked on the stage and sat in those chairs. Yeah. I've heard this story. Yeah. And they weren't grays. They weren't the little grays. They were they were probably what people call the tall whites, not the tall, Nordic tall, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tall whites. Um, and they uh, they proceeded to um, to conduct a meeting. And and Phil was so now this wasn't Phil's first encounter with non-human entities. So he, he, the, the, the most shocking thing to Phil wasn't the fact that it was non-human entities. It was the fact that he was a patriotic guy and he thought that he was operating under, under the jurisdiction of the United States. And he was completely incensed and enraged that all this time he was, uh, he was helping to advance an agenda that was not in the interest of the United States, indeed, maybe not even in the interest of the human species. And this is, that was the moment, that was the event, according to El Bielek, who was one of Phil's best friends, uh, Phil's other best friend was shot in the face in a park, um, killed, murdered in broad daylight, uh, and a suicide, of course. And, um, but this is the thing that set Bill, uh, uh, Phil Schneider um, on his, on his uh, uh, his speaking tour around the country at those prepper events that you can still see videos of on, on YouTube, um, and in which Phil began to blow the whistle and even point out where some some of the top secret underground bases were, and he even he even traversed the country with with alien artifacts, metals and so forth, that he f allowed people to freely come up and handle and do whatever they wanted with, you know. And, uh, and Phil, they tried to kill him 12 times. They got him on the 13th time. And I've said this many, many times on, on, on interviews. You can type in right now Phil Schneider, and you will see in the Google images searches, one of the first images is going to be a picture of his purpled face where he's beat up and dead with a catheter around his neck. Uh, you know, he was tortured and then he was choked with the catheter and, uh, and, and Phil Schneider was missing a few fingers. And so the, the process, the, the idea, the notion that Phil Schneider killed him, beat himself up, punched himself in the face and, 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 and badly beat himself and then proceeded with his, you know, few remaining fingers to tie a catheter around his neck and kill himself is preposterous. So I think that I think that the validation of Phil Snyder's testimony, as crazy as the things he said were, and, and I'm not saying that everything that Phil Snyder said was was accurate. He might have been MK Ultra, he might have had some some brainwashing, some mind control, because remember his dad was a Nazi U-boat captain um, that was brought over in paperclip. I'm not saying that everything Snyder said was 
was 100% accurate, but I am, but I will say with confidence that the man was a patriot, that he was blowing the whistle on top secret stuff, that he was involved in building deep underground military bases, and, and unequivocally, he was murdered. That I can, those things I, I can say with confidence. Now, whether or not the story that Elbilic related about, you know, the, this UN meeting with the, with the alien entities, I don't know. It's anecdotal. Uh, but it but it smacks of truth to me, just yeah. like the Greta contract that you referenced with Eisenhower. The um, oh, I'm hesitant to bring this up. I won't mention a name, but you will know who I'm talking about. If you want to mention, it, I have no problem with it. But there was an individual who's known for his work on underground bases, and when I was writing articles, what two three years ago, maybe maybe just eighteen months. He was commenting on almost every one. It was nonstop, intelligent comments. And, and I've had him, this person on my show years and years and years and years ago. I mean, we're talking probably 12 years ago. And he wouldn't come on my show. Yet he'd continued a dialogue with me by email. And uh, then all of a sudden, oof, he's gone. I can't even find references to this person who's if he's still doing work you would know who he was if i said his name I mean, you, yeah you probably already have a pretty good idea yeah you know well, why, why, is, is he is he under threat is he living you the know Phil what schneider equation it remains i think that the people who 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 have information firsthand information or experience with the underground bases are always under threat I think that is some of the most top secret stuff you can possibly get into. Why? Because that's where all the really bad stuff happens, in my, in my estimation. Those underground bases, they're out of sight. They're out of mind. They are not within the jurisdiction of the United States. There's no oversight. The American populace does not have the need to know. They're miles beneath our feet. And as far as the military contractors and elements of our government are concerned, they're not even part of the United States. This is a rogue element of the government, and I believe it is exceedingly evil. And I think the most horrific things happen in these bases, the most horrific things. And, um, and therefore, it is the most protected information. I think it's probably, you know, cosmic level clearance. And it is, it is the one thing that I think you can still get, you know, knocked off for is is blowing the whistle on the underground bases. Now, I'm just some dude talking about underground bases. I've never worked on them. I've never seen them. I've never been in them. And so I don't constitute much of a threat. I'm just a conspiracy theorist out here, right? But but guys who have actually, who have the credentials, who've been in them, who knows what, who know, who know what's going on in them. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, those guys, those guys are in danger. I truly believe that those guys are in danger. You know, when you talk about these deep underground, the dumbs, the deep, that's why I call it the dumb state, by the way. I don't call it the deep state. I call it the dumb state because that's where the true uh, power brokers are, are, are operating in these deep underground military bases, which aren't just in the United States. They're all over the world. We developed the technology, the, the nuclear uh, mining technology a long time ago, back in the 70s when we developed the magnetic leviton trains to connect these things in vacuum tubes. I mean, these, these, um, these trains, these leviton trains move faster underground than, than our aircraft move in the sky, much faster. And so um, there's, there's a veritable network of, of small cities under the ground and, and, and again, I think that, that, that this is the most top secret element uh, of, well, our, of our military. It was one of the secrets. purposes of DIA. I know that for a fact. And it connects to other bases. Tim, I've never shared this publicly. Maybe it's time. Uh, and, and, and you know what my father did. I've told you, I've shared that with you before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just a young kid uh, teaching at a high school near Cheyenne Mountain. And so as I coached these kids and got to know their parents, some were generals, some were colonels, I mean, high-ranking people, and I would get invited to things. And there was one guy I got to be particularly good friends with, and I'm going to run a phrase by you. Um, At that time, my father had not done his full disclosure to me yet. This is about three or four years ahead of that. Uh, But I knew a few things, and he knew of my father. He brought up and knew more than I did at that time. And he said, yeah, they move us in and out a lot of Cheyenne Mountain. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, they rotate us out all the time. He goes, Peterson, then we go somewhere else. And he said, otherwise, you could get level 57. I said, what do you mean by level 57? And he said, it's where you go when you're a problem and you're never heard from again. And I don't know if it's a real level 57, but that was a phrase he used. I don't know if you've heard of anything like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You might be food for something in level 57. Yeah. You know, I've heard all kinds of things. You know, and I feel like, you know, back in the early days when I was just a kid, I call them the early days because I, I was, you know, as I became an adult and was able to find these archives and listen to some of these interviews and read some of these articles uh, back when Phil Schneider was touring the country. Um, I feel like a lot of the information that came out at that time was pure and was, and was real whistle, whistleblower material before the internet really started getting moving and, and you had all kinds of misinformation and disinformation planted on the internet regarding these things to make everybody who talks about them look like whack jobs. Um, because it's much easier today to discredit somebody than to kill them. And that's why, that's why killing somebody is, it's, it's a needless risk. At this point, you just discredit them on social media or whatever, and that's it. End of story. Um, 
that may become increasingly more difficult as we move into the future because the government agencies are losing their credibility in the news organization. So who knows? They may resort to the violence again. But back then, you were, hearing, really you were hearing all kinds of stories regarding, for example, uh, the uh, Dulce base in which, you know, they had the, the someone even disclosed a whistleblower at the time. I can't remember his name or if he ever gave his name, disclosed the alleged levels that 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 existed in the Dulce beneath the Dulce base. And, you know, they called the I forget what you could pull it up right now and find the diagram. But, you know, the, the second from last level, I think, was called the zoo, um, where they were su supposedly doing all kinds of. Uh, ex experiments, uh, genetic experiments with humans and animals and creating, you know, Dr. Moreau type monstrosities. But then the level below that, or a level below that, was a level in which the aliens themselves were operating in cooperation with, with you know, the military or with the, uh, or with the uh, military contractors. And on that level, yeah, I forget what they. I don't know if you remember this. If either of you guys can recall this, but I don't remember what that level was called. But it was Doug. Do you know? Do you remember? It was uh, something I, hellish. It's been a while. I, since I, I've I know. There. I, I I know what you speak. I can't think of the term. And, and it's uh, supposedly on that level they were offering. They were they were feeding these aliens with. It was just just the most grotesque things you can imagine, and 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 it was like the darkest. Uh, most uh, the, the most evil things were happening, even more uh, evil than the zoo, than the things that were allegedly happening on the level of the zoo. And I'm trying to remember the name of it. some 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 nightmare or something like that is something some hellish name that they gave this level. Now, what's interesting is um, if you look into the abduction research data, the good stuff, not not the wacky stuff, the good stuff, um, the academic stuff you'll find that there are actual, actually multiple cases of individuals who, who were abducted, not by aliens, but, but, or who were abducted first by aliens and then um, subsequently by the military and brought into these underground bases for various yeah. things. Because at the time, and I believe this is true, I, I believe the testimony of Carla Turner, and her 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 husband rather um, was a not only an alien abductee he was a he was a he was a military abductee the, the military at the time and I believe this was because of the greater contract was a function of what happened with the greater contract uh, in that the Greys were not keeping their end of the bargain which according to that legend let's call it at this point. Um, uh, the Greys were supposed to deliver some kind of data regarding who they were abducting, right? And then they weren't allowed to harm these people. They were allowed to do this clandestine operation, and and uh, Eisenhower was made to uh, understand that the Greys needed to do the abductions for some reason, maybe for genetic material or something or whatever story they gave us, and that that in 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 compensate the compensation for allowing them to proceed with their abduction program, meaning the grays was that we would get technology. So we would get, we would allow them. And again, this all, and, and the big question is why did they need our permission? Well, I, I think I have the answer in my book birthright, but, but it was a Faustian bargain. So we were getting technology. They were getting permission off. They were getting authorization to abduct our citizens and 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 
and they were supposed to provide some kind of a, a, a database of who they were abducting and when and whatever. And they, they didn't uphold their end of the bargain, although they did give us technology. And then so what happened, according to this line of, of, of according to this theory, is that the, 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 the government, the military, let's be even more specific, um, the, the Majestic 12 group began to uh, panic because we were now in a situation where we authorized something that we don't have control over. Uh, we didn't have control over it in the first place, but it's, it's a situation in which we're completely, uh, we got the short end of the stick in this bargain, it appeared. And we were frantically trying to figure out, when I say we, I mean the U.S. military, elements of the U.S. military, were frantically trying to figure out what the Greys were doing. And the only way that we could find out what the Greys were doing was by interrogating abductees. And the government's way of method of interrogation uh, with these abductees was was a much more uh, was a much more unpleasant experience than the actual alien abductions because the military would would aggressively take them from their homes and throw them into the back of of the Humvees and then they would take them onto probably mainly Air Force bases, and then they would aggressively interrogate them after injecting them with some kind of truth serum. And they would sometimes rip the implants out of their bodies to try and figure out what they were and put in their own tracking devices. What they were trying to do is they were trying to figure out what the greys were up to and with the abductions. I think Again, I know. Can I, can go, I, ahead. I go ahead? Go ahead, Doug. Can I, I want to I interrupt something. Um, so Dave, you know, I've been doing uh, quite a bit of research over the CIA, right? Yes. And all the, the parapsychology, psychokinesis, operation, Sunstreak, Stargate, you know, MK ultra monarch. I, I mean, I, I've been in the depths of this. I I'm over 220 pages of notes so far and probably over 80 operations that are all clandestine and declassified now. And what's really interesting is that with Majestic 12, there's one paper that is actually referenced from Majestic 12 that you can find in the nationalarchives.gov. And that meeting happened in a time place of like two to four hours on like July 14th, 1952. Yeah. All right. The people that they said were there were never there, but yet there's documentation of actual notes for calendar dates that said that the meeting happened. I was under the assumption, Tim, that Majestic 12 had to do with the UFOs because Nazi Germany, once again, we're talking about after the fall of Nazi Germany, you have paperclip, you know, Nazi scientists are being uh, interviewed by Army Intelligence and OSS. The uh, paperclip contracts are being given out. But also at the same time, you have uh, the Red Army that is capturing uh, scientists and abducting, they were like legitimate abducting scientists and families, no permissions, no contracts, uh, to the extent that they actually broke down entire buildings brick by brick, put them in the backs of trucks. And this is documented OSS and army Intel documented, uh, and, and actually observed one of these. And then they shipped it to Moscow. They actually tracked it all the way to Moscow and they rebuilt it. All right, so a lot of the metallurgy stuff, a lot of the, the technology that we just didn't understand, didn't have the, the complex value of yet. I thought Majestic 12 was originally a meeting over metallurgies, 
uh, over the lift capability and technology of the wonder weapons, the wonder weapons that uh, they were working on that now uh, three quarters more of what we had for Nazi scientists, Russia has. And you got to understand almost immediately after bringing Werner von Braun here into white sands, New Mexico, you have him dabbling with the V2 vengeance Two rockets out in white sands. Mm-hmm. And within like a month, of being there and launching a series of rockets, he automatically writes up a white paper. I have found a way to put a nuclear warhead on top of a missile and launch it a thousand miles to Russia. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have it to me, I thought majestic 12 was over that. Now let me, let me, let me add this one thing. And then I want you to comment all the torture stuff. All right, the way the CIA tortures people. Okay, so you use LSD. LSD was something that the Chinese used originally, but it was the Japanese and the Nazis who really took that whatever, whatever acid, and then they really harnessed it and used it uh, within Dachau and Auschwitz, and they were using it also in Poland against the prisoners of war from Russia and also American prisoners of war. So that there was the uh, the use of uh, psychotronics, uh, and then you have the use of parapsychology, psychokinesis. Uh, then you also had the, uh, the you know the LSD barbiturates, uh, you know the chemical stuff, right? And then you had people that were put in isolation and uh, extreme isolation. By the way, I, I mean I'm talking about three foot by six foot cell for you know a month. With with the brightest light that you, that they could put on there, you know, you you would say anything to get out, right? So it made me think for a while, you know, why did we go through such a a scare of Russians that were in America as double and triple ops, and why would we torture so many people for that when a lot of times they were just giving up the information? I mean, there's there's plenty of documentation where the Russians were just giving up the information unless, Tim, unless you use the Psy warriors uh, and the and the mind viewers and all that, the remote viewers to be looking for other things, not not, you know, uh, the Russians building the the biggest uh, typhoon sub, uh, you know, uh, up and up in the, the North Atlantic. I mean, we're talking about like way more particular darker stuff that I think in a lot of ways, a lot of the CIA programs that we've talked about are really a cover up for something else or a practice for something else. Yeah. I, you know, I, I was just going to say, I think I know that something else um, I'm hesitant to tell the story. I'll tell him, I think I shared this with you before privately, but um, hybridization the genetic experiments are well known. So I'll start with that base as a solid base. But I, I had, oh, it's like early 80s, it's pre father disclosure. And uh, I didn't do blind dates. Someone insisted, oh, you're going to like her. She's pretty. She's smart. Da, 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 da. And she's a teacher. And so on St. Patrick's Day, 1981, I met her. <laughs> it tells you how old I am. Um, and she was everything said. Great discussion. And then we got to, what do you teach? You know, she said, well, she goes, we're probably going to see each other again because I like you. But she went on to say, I teach kids with special needs. 
So what are you thinking? You're thinking, okay, kids with lower IQ, cognitive deficits. No, that's not what she meant. The special needs was, she said, I teach hybrids. Hmm. And I said, what do you mean? I had no idea what she's talking about. And I said, I, I don't understand what you mean, hybrids. I thought maybe mixed race children. And that's where my mind went. And she says, no, alien human hybrids. And we're teaching them to assimilate. And I said, really? And so I kind of pursued the questioning because I wanted to know how crazy she was. And she said, there's many of us that do this work. And she said, we're trained by the CIA. And uh, it's, you know, let's put it this way. I couldn't get away from her fast enough because I just, now I would have a different <laughs> approach, Tim. You know, I was a young guy at that time, right? And and Hard to top that date. <laughs> I would have had a totally different approach today where I'd have been intellectually curious because of my life experiences. But I don't know, Doug, if I ever told you that story before or not. But um, to me, I think this is what it's all about. And not because one person told me, but we know about the genetic experiments. Mm -hmm. my, gut, my gut tells me this. They're preparing for planetary takeover by combining their race with our race. Planetary That's what my gut tells me. That's what uh, Dr. Jacobs has postulated planetary acquisition and uh you know uh to your points doug um mj12 was commissioned by president truman mm -hmm. in the aftermath of world war ii because of the things that came to light during the war the foo fighters for one thing but also the information that they were able to gather from the nazis documents and from the nazi scientists themselves so obviously there was this whole arena of information that had to be overseen and, and somebody had to conduct this information and deal with the reverse engineering of hardware and, uh, and make sure that the public is, never finds out about these things because at that time they believed that it would cause, uh, you know, the Brookings Institute did a famous uh, study that they believed right. that it would cause mass panic and so forth. Mm -hmm. And, and Wait. And so the MJ-12, the purview of MJ-12 is all things extraterrestrial, all things that have to do with uh, the aliens, including, again, the reverse engineering of their craft and of their technologies, uh, interactions with alien beings, and also the cover-up. Um, that's the purview of MJ-12. And MJ-12, by the way, wasn't just military personnel. It was it was it was government and private sector personnel. It was the top minds that they could assemble from government and military. And, and it was supposed to be that mix going forward. Uh, I believe, now there's controversy uh, about whether MJ-12 ever existed. I've, I've looked at the research. Um, I've talked to people like Chase Kletsky, uh, who are, uh, have done really, really good investigative research uh, on MJ-12 and people like Richard Dolan and all of the ufologists that I respect believe MJ-12 is real. Well, it is real, or at least was real. Um, and that the story regarding MJ-12 and, and Truman and, and all of that uh, is factual, is true, or at least contains elements of truth. Now, whether MJ-12 is still in operation today is anybody's guess. I would imagine that they are, um, but who knows? It might have been disbanded and um, completely taken over by the military at this point. 
I mean, it was a primarily military driven thing because even back then they knew military driven organization because they knew that this constituted a threat. But obviously it also constituted an unprecedented opportunity to derive incredible, incredible weapons and technology. And, um, and in the aftermath of, of Hitler and almost losing that war, we, I mean, we almost lost World War II. Everybody was spooked after Hitler. We were so close to the Nazis taking over the world. I mean, Adolf Hitler, as you guys well know, wanted to create a new world order, a world government and all of that. And, and he came very closer than most people realize. He came very close to doing it. I would, I would, I would uh, surmise that the, the only thing that stopped him was the air raids. Um, and if it weren't for those bombing campaigns, as terrible as they were, um, I, I don't think we would have been able to defeat him. But and, and there's another thing regarding Hitler. If Hitler would have uh, would have moved his manufacturing underground sooner, he was in the process of doing it when we started bombing him. Uh, but if he would have moved his manufacturing to uh, to underground facilities sooner, he would have won the war because we crippled him. We we destroyed his his industrial capabilities, and that's really what what defeated Hitler. Um, and of course, obviously, the the Luftwaffe couldn't couldn't stop our 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 bombers and and so forth. But but mainly, we were just blowing the heck out of their industrial capabilities. And so, um, and they did start to move their factories underground, and they were using slave labor to build them. Jewish um, slave labor, yeah. And yes, and not, not, well, they were using all kinds of slaves to build these things, Russians and prisoners of war to build these underground. It was a tote organization, uh, and they came over in po- Project Paperclip, um, and they were, they were building these, these state-of-the-art underground industrial facilities. And again, if Hitler would have, if this would have dawned on him earlier, if he would have realized that we were going to bomb the hell out of him, um, he would have won the war. I mean, he would have moved his manufacturing under the ground and, and it would have been impervious to, to anything we could have thrown at it. And, and he would have won the war. Thank God that, uh, that it, it, it occurred, uh, the thought occurred too late. And, um, and so the point is that, uh, that the MJ 12 organization in the aftermath of world war two, there were a number of concerns that, was on everybody's minds, not the public, of course, the public was thinking about Hitler and all that, but the government was in shock after World War II. Believe me, the military, uh, the militaries of the West, we were in utter shock after World War II because of the capabilities of the Nazis, because of what they were about to do, namely that they were on the cusp of developing the atomic bomb and that they were getting in the words of uh, what's his name, um, uh, I want to say Oberman, uh, one of the Nazi scientists, and he was uh, working on the uh, rocket project. He was in charge of it, actually. He said that in 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 developing their technology, they had help. "Quote: They had help. We had help." And when he said that, he was referencing non-human entities yeah. were helping them develop their technology. That's what the Nazi scientist told my father. Yeah, and, and I, we had that discussion on radio before. You remember, I said because they didn't say that they had direct contact, but their supervisors did. My dad thought it might be an alien thing. It might be a demonic thing, Genesis six. Yeah, um, and he wasn't sure about that part of it. But yeah, I, I, 
I hear you, but um, why did the aliens let them lose? Do you have any speculation as to well, that? I'm, you know, I'm not sure that the aliens really cared who won or lost. My question is, what were they getting in return? Um, I don't know that they cared about the Nazis winning that war. Uh, it, 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 if, their, if their primary objective is planetary acquisition, and remember the, the abduction phenomenon at that time was still probably in its earlier phases. They weren't ready. The planetary acquisition, they weren't ready for that stage yet. They're, they're still perfecting their hybrids. And, um, and, and having done a whole lot of research on the abduction phenomenon, I came to the conclusion on my own that it seemed to me that the phenomenon had begun, that it's, it, this is not an ancient phenomenon in regards to this, the abduction, the creation of, of human alien hybrids. The, the phenomenon seemed to have begun sometime in the late 19th century, mid to late 19th century. In other words, the, the mid to late 1800s. Um, I drew that conclusion based on, on, on the data, based on um, some logical inferences. And then to, 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 my, to, to my surprise and, and delight, I heard both Bud Hopkins and the late Bud Hopkins and uh, David Jacobs, both of whom were early researchers into, into the abduction phenomenon, uh, also... And before me, obviously, I didn't know this, but I, it, 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 I learned that they both also came to the conclusion that the phenomenon, the abduction phenomenon, not the UFO phenomenon, the abduction phenomenon began sometime between the mid, mid and late 1800s. And so it takes time to develop a project. The, these entities are not infallible. They're just like us in the sense that they've got a goal in mind, they have an objective, and they have to work out all the details of this objective, and they have to fail a bunch of times before they can succeed. It's a, it's a, it's a process of perfecting uh, the, the hybridization uh, of aliens and humans, and then it's an integration into human society to, uh, um, to uh, um, acquisition the earth in the words of uh, David Jacobs. And that, and that means a takeover. Now, is it a Would that hostile? mean controlling the top-level corporate and political positions? You know, that's a very good question. Is their goal to so integrate these hybrids into human society that these hybridized human-alien entities can work their way up into the highest rungs of human governance? Or... Is there something else going on? Are they being positioned for some event that's going to happen? Well, I, I don't I, know. Maybe it's both of those things. I have a question for that. Okay. So there's a strange, uh, there's a strange connection here within the time frame. Within the time frame of the 30s to the 50s, you have Nazi Germany, you got World War II, you have a tremendous amount of occultism that's happening. Uh you know, in Europe and also in the Western states. Uh, but after that, shortly after that, in the, you know, 48 time frame, you know, paper clips starts to be handed out. Um, almost immediately, 48, 49, 50, 51, you have, you know, um, Project Bluebird. Project Bluebird is all about mind control. Uh, it's all about torture techniques. And then you go straight into uh, Project Artichoke. And then Project Artichoke, is what gave birth to MK Ultra, but Project Artichoke, uh, they used uh, hypnosis, uh, forced morphine addiction, and then withdrawal. Uh, they would use chemicals, including LSD, 
uh, the, they would try to force produce amnesia. Uh, they would attack vulnerable states of mind when people are under like, uh, you know, hypnosis or, or under drugs. And they would, they'd go through various types of torture techniques. Uh, they, they would use cocaine, marijuana, social psychological issues. Uh, you know, they would try to create the most vague sense in people through peyote and mescaline. Uh, and, and mescaline is one of the things that, you know, the Nazis were using. Do you ever think... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That in conjunction with what the CIA was doing, because uh, this is this is kind of where I've been going at it. I And I've, I've been covering this for a couple of weeks now. Why was the CIA, when it was first created, hell bent <clears throat> on torture? And why was there a need for an office of uh, scientific intelligence. Could Maybe it be? they're trying to figure something out about human consciousness. No, and- I, I think it goes deeper than that based off of what you're telling me. I think they were developing techniques to break a gray because at the exact same time artichoke is happening, you have before the nuclear war, before the, the Red Scare with them getting nukes, you had the Psy race, the the mind warrior, the Psy warrior race. Now, you've covered this extensively. How is it that they talk through uh, tele- uh, telepathy. telepathy? All right. One of the things that they're looking for within a lot of these projects, Star or, uh, Stargate, Sunstreak, uh, uh, there, there's like four other subsequent uh, projects that were funded by the scientific intelligence office of the CIA. Once again, we're talking about the CIA. You know, this is a spy intelligence ring with an office of scientific intelligence attached to it that was only out to figure out how to break someone mentally. Oh, by the way, and how to do that in conjunction with psychics parapsychology telekinesis psychokinesis they were and and they were and like what i was telling dave earlier there's an actual uh documentation i'm going to be going over soon where in conjunction with the chinese they were documenting children who had the capability and it's documented cia dni dia documents where this child was able to reach through glass and grab like a pin and pull it back out okay I look at stuff like that and I go, why within a span of five years is all of this stuff happening? Why? I mean, we were five years prior to that, we were trying to create 
the biggest artillery cannons possible to launch at each other. And then five years later, it's about psychics, psychic warfare. Because we're, we're up against a new kind of enemy. Exactly. You want to go into that? You want to talk about that? Yeah. I mean, what, what, this was part of, I think the shock and and the reason why MJ 12 was commissioned was we realized that we're dealing with a different kind of, 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 of enemy and that our conventional our conventional weapons were powerless to stop these beings should we have conflict with them and so how do you i mean that's why that 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 was the reason why the main reason why we were trying to train remote viewers remote viewing by the way is a reality oh yeah and, it absolutely uh, is and and uh and i think that the the best of the remote viewers are being used to uh, to peer into the activities of the greys and perhaps other entities that are operating on the earth on or off the earth. And, uh, and maybe the lower level remote viewers are being used to look at Russian secrets and things like that. And, 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 and believe me, we're aiming our remote viewers at them and they're aiming their remote viewers at us. You know, uh, remote viewers are not just Americans. Um, and I think this is a latent power that's inherent in the human species. In other words, it's a God given ability um, that uh, that has uh, been deadened or deactivated uh, or perhaps uh, has fallen into disrepair because of genetic degeneration. But whatever the case, uh, we we cannot fight uh, we we can't fight the gray menace, let's call it, with conventional weapons. And so I think we were scrambling for whatever we could get our hands on. To in, in case in case there there was open conflict with the grace. Now, this is paradoxical. Why? Because at the same time that we have these stories about the remote viewing and about all the things that you just mentioned that seem to speak of this uh, of this new kind of psychic weapons program, um, you also have stories about elements of our government or per- perhaps rogue elements of our government working with the grays. And then you have stories like the one that I that I recounted earlier, where it's possible that even even elements of of the of the world government, let's call it the UN, uh, working with uh, maybe not the Greys, but with but with uh, non-human entities, and 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 all of this is in play. By the way, all of this is in play, um, and who knows <laughs> at this point what Congress is being briefed on? Maybe this week. Who knows? You know, these things that we're saying that maybe seem so far-fetched, uh, you know, maybe there's congressmen who are laying awake all night, you know, maybe tonight thinking, oh, my God, their whole worlds have, have been uh, disheveled and, and, uh, and discombobulated by some of this information. But um, certainly because the greys are a telepathic race, and again, I'm referencing specifically the greys because I have no question, zero, that the greys exist. Um, there's no doubt in my mind. So uh, because they're a telepathic race, I think maybe, maybe we perceived a, a, a potential weakness that if we can use some kind of psychic capabilities that we might be able to affect them. Um, and maybe, maybe a spy on them. Um, who knows? I mean, all I know is that, um, from what I have gathered in terms of my investigations, the best 
remote viewers are being directed to look into the activities of the greys and 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 yeah, are and are I, trying I, to I, penetrate their their <sighs> ships and 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 explore their technologies and figure out to you know what's going on with the abductees and so forth i don't know if you know ed dames or not but i mm -hmm. trained with him about 20 years ago and uh, we were at lunch in la at a hotel and uh, I asked him a lot of questions. He answered them straightforward, straightforward, straightforward. And then I got into the ET thing and he said, that's classified. I will never discuss it. So what well, you're saying, I've already seen evidence of. Well, yeah, you know, not it's crazy. That's a bunch of BS. No, it's classified. No. I will not discuss it. Well, well, you know, Phil Schneider, he talks about how there's the great, you know, firefight between the Greys and uh, special operations guys that were attached to him. As the Dulce the, War. Yeah, yeah, the Dulce War. So, you know, within... And once again, a very strange time frame, right? In 1952, uh, around that time with Project Artichoke, there's actually a memo. In that memo, I'm, I'm, I pulled it up. I want to read this to you, okay? This is a memo from the uh, Office of uh, Scientific Intelligence. And they said that within Project Artichoke, and by the way, the guys that they're issuing these orders to are now located in Fort Meade, Maryland, all right, which is our chemical warfare uh, company, and they're the Nazi scientists. Okay, so watch where this goes. They say that uh, not all viruses that, that we want you to create have to be lethal. The objective includes those that act as short-term and long-term incapacitating agents. All right, they never really went far with incapacitating agents. They did have a few that could, uh, what they claimed to be, they could take an entire city and they could completely incapacitate it by air dispersal or water dispersal. Uh, but why? What? It, there's never been a need for it. It's never been used in warfare. You know, I'm, a, I'm an amateur historian to the extent amateur is kind of funny. Uh, I, I'm a nerd for history. I looked this up. There has never been a use of incapacitating agents in U.S. warfare, not to this extent that they wanted. But why in 1952, unless you were coming across something that you needed to capture, you needed to torture, you needed to interrogate and get questions out of, did you take all these different operations and throw them into one division in the CIA all within like five years? Isn't that strange to you? Yeah. Again, I think it bespeaks a, a scenario in which we're confronted with an with with a, an enemy that we don't know how to fight. So that's the threat, then, right? Is, oh, yeah. Is that the threret? Like, I mean, uh, is there anything that constitutes a greater threat uh, aside from like a, a a freaking asteroid heading towards the Earth that's too big for us to blow up with nukes? I can't think of a greater threat. Well, do has has there been like a documented? a reason or necessity like let's say the grays say that you know screw around with us enough and you know we'll uh we'll zip biden out of the out of the white house and you know rip him apart in the air for everybody to see now, i don't believe you know? that the grays think like us i don't think that they are concerned with the same things that we're concerned with i don't think that they you know look at the american president and think he's some important figure um I think we're cattle to them. We're like monkeys to them. And which, the, yeah, the, the abductions, yeah. Yeah. And that so the things that they're doing, they're not considering the minutiae <clears throat> that we would think about, like, you know, the, the, the old 
landing on the White House lawn trope. That's not even in their thinking. It's not part of their objective. Their project is clandestine and they are, I concur with Dr. Jacobs, they are interested in planetary acquisition and, and, and their, yes. their means of getting that, of achieving that objective is not the way that we would go about it. It's, it's maybe not, why, you know, why do they even need to accelerate their, uh, or to excel their, uh, their hybrids up, up the governmental chains into positions of power when the greys can do whatever they want, whenever they want. I mean, they don't need our world leaders to... But they, they may need our genetics because they're a dying race. They may very well need our genetics. That's very, very possible. Well, well what about... And there may be about something about religion? the human... There may be something about the human species that is exceedingly unique in terms of so, our, 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 our consciousness or something that God gave us or, 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 or it built into our biology that is very unique and and maybe maybe we share that special something with who I call our elder siblings, the angelic race. But the, but I doubt that the Greys are going to be able to abduct them. Abduct them. <laughs> but we're sort of sitting ducks over here, and um, we are a very stupid race. And I and I say that um, you know with reverence to the fact that we are made in the image of God and we are the offspring of Adam. But we're but but we're we're stupid because. You know, we have degenerated to such an extent and, and, and we're blind and, and, and the information that we have is what we know about the universe, what we know about anything is infinitesimal. You know, we think we, we know we have all this knowledge and we know how to do things. You know, we can, you know, we can make the Internet, we can make movies and put them on screens and we can, you know, fly jets around in the air. And, you know, we think we're so sophisticated, but we're like, you know, we're like monkeys banging pots together compared to these other things out there. And so they're, they're, they're not thinking on the level that we are. They're not going to do things the way that we would do them. They're going to do things in a way that, that we can't even conceive of because they're using technology that we can't even con con conceptualize. And so I think that the greys uh, are so very uninterested. Like, for example, I think they're completely uninterested in who wins a war. I don't think they care. It's not part of their agenda. They can care less. Ultimately, they're going to get what they want, regardless of whatever human being is. Is well, I mean, that's, that's uh, exactly you know how sense. that's exactly how America sense. is in in the Middle East. We just want the minerals. We want the oil. We don't care if Sunni kills Shia and Shia kills. That's a good people. point. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what about interesting too? About, what about religion. Uh, well, I, before I, you go to religion, because you're okay. going to open up a whole can of worms, I want to follow up on what tim said they don't care who wins the war i would say they care at a certain point which is why they shut down nuclear weapon systems because if they're doing genetic inbreeding because they're a dying race they can't have all of humanity exterminated so that would explain maybe that's why they are very, concerned about our nuclear facilities very I good agree. point dave very well, good point yeah I they mean, can't have us they can't have us exterminating ourselves can they exactly go ahead doug sorry hey guys well, can i take a minute break yeah. Sure. Okay. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Ch -ch 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 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who's, who's got to edit this? Oh, I'll edit Nobody. <laughs> this is just live TV. That's all oh, right. Okay. okay. I'm going to go like this. So whoever's editing will see that this is the break. I do this for my own sake if I'm editing. That way you don't have to look through all the footage. Okay. Well, anyway, um, Doug, I think we've officially set a record for the longest show in the oh, history of the Doug and Dave. We're only, at, we're only at 58 minutes from recording. That's it. So, I mean, I, I think we could go probably another 15 minutes. And I think the longest we've gone is like a one hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't want to waste his time bringing up minutia, but, you know, the whole time we're talking here, I keep flashing back on the movie The Arrival with Charlie Sheen. Did you see that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the way that they use the underground stuff uh, and the satellites but it you was about what? planetary takeover. They yeah. were these aliens that could imitate humans and were moving into positions of power, mm-hmm. were turning up the thermostat of the earth yeah, where eventually humans would be exterminated and these aliens would take over. That was a 1997 movie. Tim, we were discussing the movie, The Arrival. I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. You know, let me with, think, The Arrival. Was that a newer movie or an old movie? 97, oh, Charlie Sheen. Oh, and a- aliens living in that's South right. America underground, and they were and their legs up- would bend in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's right. And they were turning up thermostats, so to speak, to where eventually, like frogs in a boiling pot, yeah. humans would eventually die, and they would take over. They were terraforming. Yeah, yes. So here's my question for you: If they're not going to do a Mars attack theme, all right, which is you know it's silly, right? It's absolutely <laughs> silly. It is uh, silly. If they're not going to do the Mars attack theme. And they want to be, uh, they want to be clandestine about how they do it. Then is that why they would approach the papacy? You know, I, I here's my thoughts on the on the, on the on the Holy See on the Vatican. There are at least two groups in play right now. There are the Greys, and there are the the so-called Pleiadians or Nordics. Both of those groups are in play. Um, there's a potential third group, the reptilian race that, that may or may not also be in the mix. And there could be many, many others. I don't know, but I think at the very least, right. Not one of the other ones. Well, they would be, they're the grace. They're, they're the, they're the, uh, um, they're part of that, of the gray faction. Um, so let's assume that that's true. You have two groups. And by the way, this ties into the Grieta thing we were talking about. I don't know if you remember, Dave, that part of the Grieta legend is that uh, Eisenhower was warned by another faction, by the Pleiadians, by these Nordic beings who looked like us, right? He was warned not to get into bed with the Greys. That's part of that story. And not not to uh, I'm familiar with that. Not to transact, not to do this transaction with them, this bargain. Yeah. And 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 according to the story, 
we wanted technology from this other race, from these, from the, from the Nordic race, and they call them the Nordic race because they, they're 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 blonde and blue eyed and fair skinned, and and this race would not would not entertain the idea of giving us technology. Yeah. And so so we decided to. And remember, we're we're in the aftermath of World War II, so we're we're really concerned about the what could happen if America doesn't take the reins and control the technologies that are being developed. So we're really, really, really interested in technology right now, right? Cold this War, that's made us get into bed with the grays. I totally agree with that. Yeah. You know where this comes from, in my estimation? I I got to meet the senior non-com from NATO. His name was Bob Dean. And he's the one who published the list after he got out of the out of NATO. And he had the power of a general, being the senior non-com of NATO. He had the power of a general. Yeah. And he had all these uh, alien references. Well, I know a guy who worked for him for a while, Vance Davis. He comes on my show now and then. We've been friends for 30 years. He was NSA attached to NATO until he refused to use Ouija boards and his other stuff. And that's another story for another time. But uh, Vance told me these stories 30 years ago. And then to prove it to me, he brought in Bob Dean, who was living in Tucson before he died. Mm-hmm. And listen, everything you just said, he said to us in a private briefing. We actually met in secret in a Mesa, Arizona hair salon in the back room mm-hmm. and had about 10 people that had special invites. I'm not joking. It's like something out of the movies. And we had to sign these non-disclosure agreements. So it was, I've heard this story before. Let me share one other thing with you too, because I want to hit the Nazis thing here. And Doug, I know you're going to want to chime in on this. Um, I got the pleasure of talking to Carol Ayton on the phone. My uh, former news director was Annie DeRiso. And Annie used to host all these, uh, these UFO events, conferences. She had a TV show out of Tucson. And so she knew a lot of people. And she said, how would you like to talk to Warner Von Braun's secretary? This is probably about 12, 14 years ago. And here's what she told me. Yeah, I'm sitting in the office with Warner and three aliens materialized inside the room. I said, what did you talk about? She goes, I don't know. I had to leave. But uh, what's your reaction to that? I believe her. I think she was telling the truth. Well, people who are familiar with my work will, of course, know that I believe that the Nordic faction is the angelic race. That these yeah. are who I who I designate the elder race because they're older than us. They were created before us. They're the morning stars, and and within this faction, you have the good guys and the bad guys. The good guys are the sons of God, loyal to the king, and the bad guys are the apostate sons who are in a state of rebellion. And both of them are operating not only on the earth but in the universe at large. And they're both using advanced technology, and they're both they're, they're, these are highly advanced beings. They hail from the same race, um, and so uh, I believe that mankind. Obviously, if you believe in the Bible, you believe that mankind has been interacting with both sides of this faction since the very beginning, and uh, you know, going all the way back to the garden. We won't retread that ground, but um, so the notion that that we would be warned by these beings not to get in bed with the greys. That, that seems to me that that very well could be the good faction who are on assignment uh, to warn us, to, to give us uh, a chance not to do this thing, right? Not, not, or, or alternatively, it could, it could have been even the bad guys. And, and again, the, we're, we're talking about the Nordics. Uh, could have been the bad faction because they're, they're, Ultimately, and, and this will tie back into the Vatican thing, ultimately, 
um, this is leading to a great deception. And that, and by the way, I don't believe that the great deception is the, is the disclosure of the alien presence. That's not the great deception. The great deception revolves around Christ. It revolves around the person of Christ. That is what the great deception is. It is another person coming, masquerading as Christ, the final antichrist, the final one, the big one, right? That's the great deception because I believe that this is, this is all going to culminate in this, you know, this quote-unquote benevolent faction who are members of the elder race, this Nordic faction, but the bad guys showing up as the saviors of mankind and to deliver us from this threat, the, the alien threat. And, uh, and of course, they will be, they will be uh, received as, as, as our saviors, as these extraterrestrial heroes who rescued us from obliteration. And, and I believe that the Vatican is laying the groundwork, the theological groundwork to receive these beings as the angels of heaven and their leader as the returning Christ. And that is the great deception. Not the I fact agree. that aliens exist, not the, not, the, not the disclosure of the grays or anything like that. It, is, it revolves around the person of Christ and, um, and receiving this man, this antichrist, this person who's in the place of Christ as Christ. That's the deception. That's the strong delusion that's coming to the earth in the aftermath of disclosure. And so um, I believe that the Vatican is very much aware of this. And so I believe that the Vatican is, in fact, in contact with that race. They know about the grays. The, the, the agents of the Holy See, they know about the greys, and they probably are very much aware of the fact that the greys constitute a threat, but they're also um, in contact with the quote-unquote good guys, but in reality, they're not the good guys, they're the bad ones. They're the, you know, what, what so many of us refer to as fallen angels as opposed to the, the, the faithful. Again, I like to refer to them as apostate sons because that's what oh. they are. They're, they're apostate. They're in a state of rebellion, but they're not hideous. They don't have horns. They don't have scales for flesh. They are the Nordics. They're the bad faction of the sons of God, the fallen faction, apostate sons. So, um, but yeah, the good w sons. Would that be like the different genetic lines uh, from the fallen angels? Do you think that's related? Now, now here we have to split some here. So, um, when that's I that's why you're about, here. That's why you're here, Tim. <laughs> when I talk about the elder race, I'm referencing the morning stars, the race that pre-exists us. Okay. The race um, that 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 are 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 our siblings. Um, now they're not human; they're of a higher nature than we are. Uh, we are the younger sibling. We're created a little bit lower than them. But uh, that those guys are the morning stars. They're the sons of God. Now, but there's another faction involved that's, that's part of their faction. But So I shouldn't say another faction. There's another level in that faction, and that would be their hybrid offspring. Now, we're not talking about the hybrids from the grays. Those are the human gray hybrids. Push those aside for a moment. We're talking about the hybrids of the fallen angels, of the apostate sons. Now, do those hybrids exist yet? I don't know. 
but I but I do believe that they will exist at some point in the future. In other words, the Genesis six affair, in which the Watchers, the sons of God, they were they, the Watchers were sons of God. They were the they were members of the elder race, descended to the earth in the days of Jared, and we all know the story, copulated with human women and procreated through them, hybrid offspring with the daughters of men. So these were human angel hybrids. Those are the group that I'm referencing that are within that faction of the Nordics. And they would look very much like their fathers, but they would, but they would be part uh, elder race and part human race. They're going to be in play as well, according to my estimations, because um, it's going to be um, this golden race, so to speak. And this is how they were referenced in the, uh, in the um, pagan prophecies, the golden race, the blend of God and man, the blend of the gods and men that's going to come to the earth and restore Apollo's reign, um, that, that, or Jupiter's reign rather, uh, through Apollo, the son of Jupiter. And that this race, this these entities are going to be received by the Vatican as the savior. So in other words, let me try and uh, clarify this because it is confusing. <clears throat> you have this faction we call the fallen angels that so many of us are familiar with that terminology. Um, uh, not my favorite way to describe them, but the fallen angel okay. faction, you have the angels themselves, in other words, Satan and his angels, and then you have, at some point in history, you're going to have their hybrid offspring, who are going to look like them, and who are going to lead the world in to, to worship the dragon, to worship Satan, um, namely Satan's humid, human hybrid son, Apollo, will lead the world to extol the dragon and and to openly worship him and and make war with God. That's Armageddon. That's coming. Your story that, matches exactly what my friend at the, from the NSA says. He uh, he t- he told me in 1992 that he was taught good guys, bad guys fought out there, bad guys lost. They came here. They were sentenced here, so to speak, like it. a prison planet. And he went on to say. Their goal is to get back at God by stealing the human soul, but they can't figure it out so that they got to change the human being. And he was telling me this years before the word transhumanism came into vogue. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's what you're describing perfectly. Uh, you know, and, it's, and I didn't know. You and I had never talked about that before I wrote my book, Birthright. And that is part of the premise of my book. And I would go further and I would say there's a there's an element here that that it's 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 more than just 
stealing something. Uh, well, it is it is a precisely stealing something from the human race, something from our biology. It's called the birthright of Adam, and it's the right to rule on planet Earth that is passed down uh, from Adam through the offspring of Adam, the generations of Adam. We have the right to rule on planet Earth. You know, Paul said that the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. And God gave the birthright of planet Earth to Adam and his offspring forever, forever. And by the way, that's part of the reason why Christ Jesus, the son of God, became a man. He's going to recover that birthright for us at the end of the age because we're going to lose it. It's Jacob and Esau. And so, um, and so we are definitely headed in that direction. And, and so I, I concur with your friend, except for that. I don't believe that the, the plan of the, uh, the apostate sons of God and their hybrid offspring is to, is to get something from humans that they don't have other than they want to usurp the birthright of Adam. Yeah. And, and take governance of the earth. And remember that it, according to Revelation, the book of Revelation, the beast, uh, he's given a time to govern the earth. And, and he's, he's, he is authorized to do it. He's, he is authorized to govern the earth uh, for whatever the period is, three and a half years, whatever, whatever. There's some dispute on that. But let's say three and a half years. He is legally authorized to do what he's doing. Why? Because he has the birthright of Adam. He's human enough to, to claim and appropriate dominion of the earth. And that is why, precisely why, I believe that, um, that, the, that the devil, the dragon, uh, does it this way. It's, it's the Genesis 6 affair all over again. It's with full compliance of the human race. And so um, it allows the the kingdom of darkness to function within the parameters of the law for a time right and the whole point is to lead humanity into open war with god how do i know that that's the end game well for one because that's armageddon and for two because that's psalm two the nations raging against the lord and his anointed son saying let us break their bonds and and cast let us let us break their chains and cast their bonds asunder break their bonds and cast their chains asunder and basically they're con they're conspiring to make war on god and god's response is to hold them in derision and laugh at them right? so i have, i, I have a question I, I and i want to go a really extreme route with this because you're you're talking about the usurpation of adam do you think and once again, we're talking about the 1940s. I'm sorry, guys. I keep going back. There's a lot of really interesting things I want to bring up with this. Uh, <laughs> the Montauk Project. Uh, uh, the, Phil like the Philadelphia Experiment. The ability to go back in time. Do you think there could have ever been a... And once again, I'm, I'm in the far right field right now, guys. Just go with me. Do you think there could have ever been a time whenever... Somebody said, we'll do something for you if you do something for us. Talking about the greys, uh, the fallen entities, you know, the apostate sons of going, having, being given the quantum mechanics of being able to travel back in time to assassinate people. And once again, you know, I'm sure 
you know, someone's going to throw a King James book at me for saying this, but could you imagine if someone had given you the mathematical skills and technical capabilities to travel back in time to murder Adam? Let's just go that route, right? And then there's your usurpation right there from the very beginning. Uh, and I'm not saying anything that's really out of the realm of the technologically capable because the government has been experimenting with stuff like this, like at Montauk for a very long Project time. looking glass. Yeah. And, and, and I, I want to read something to you. All right. Many people have argued that the absence of time travelers, the absence of time travelers from the future demonstrates that such technology will never be developed suggesting that it is impossible. This is analogous to the Fermi paradox related to the absence of evidence of extraterrestrial life. As the absence of extraterrestrial visitors does not categorically prove they do not exist, so the absence of time travelers fails to prove that time travel is physically impossible. It might be that time travel is physically possible but is never developed or it is cautiously used. I, I don't believe time travel is possible myself. Um, I believe that it, it, you have to understand that there is an implicit order in the universe according to the scriptures. And of right. course, we're all Christians. And so um, we're constrained by the biblical worldview. So according to the scriptures, there is an implicit order in the universe. And that order is not a suggestion. It's not, it, it's, it, it, it compels everything in the universe to abide by it. And if it were not so, the universe would be a universe of chaos, and it's not. It's a universe of order. And so I believe that if time travel existed, it would insert into that equation an element of chaos that could not be controlled. And so um, I personally do not, if time travel is possible, it probably is not. Let's put it this way. Let's put it in, 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 uh, in these terms, if time travel is possible, it's probably not legal. It's probably not permitted because, again, it would inject chaos into the order. And that implicit order is not the order of nature. It is the order of God. It is the order of the kingdom of heaven. And it is precisely the kingdom of heaven that constrains the enemies of mankind. And, you know, there may even be a... And I know this is going to make it really, really sci-fi for people, but there may even be installed on planet Earth a defense system that is ancient and advanced and has been and has been uh, has been set in place to defend us from certain things and certain factions. And I believe that in, in that there there are. Remember that that Jesus himself said that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And all of this, all of this reference to war wars in the heavens. I think that, 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 that is literal. I don't think it's a spiritual concept. I don't think it's some kind of a metaphysical or supernatural thing. I think it's quite literal. I think there is war in the heavens. Always there's conflict and has been conflict raging from the beginning, from, from before the beginning of mankind, that we, in fact, were born into this conflict. And, and we are, we're players in the game. And so uh, it's, it's been raging 
in the cosmos. The enemies of God are always trying to make incursions against the king and into the kingdom. And who knows what that looks like? It probably looks very much like them, like 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 a conflict would look today in in, in our reality. Russia and Ukraine. Um, Russia making incursions into Ukraine and then being pushed back and then pushing in further and so forth. I mean, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about, kinetic war. And, and the earth is, is in some sense incubated and protected from certain things, not, not, not just protected on some spiritual level, but, but actually, literally, technologically protected. And, and that protection is is it's a mechanism that that maybe now we're only just beginning to understand that that you know when we talk about the kingdom of heaven and, and, and when we we think about these biblical concepts that the ancients who who had no concept of of technological flight mechanical mechanized flight for example couldn't even conceive of these things of course granted you know the vimanas and so forth and the uh in the Vedas and the, and the ancient uh, uh, Indians were obviously thinking about these things. So maybe there were s- some parts of humanity that had had stories from the world before the flood where they maintained uh, these, these concepts of flying craft and, and, and kinetic war, which is exactly what's being um, portrayed with the, with the Vimanas, if you look into it. Um, so uh, the point is that this war is probably raging all around us, and we have not been able to perceive it uh, in the past. But now, is it, is it opening up now, though, Tim? Isn't be, I aren't would the say, realms aren't the realms intersecting? No, I don't know about intersecting realms, but I do know this: we now have technology to be able to perceive things that we could not perceive before. After all. When you think about perception and, and, and technology, and again, I, I write about this in my book, you know, think about the microbial world. Th- this was an entire world that was, existed around us, the microbial world, which for, for centuries, for thousands of years, we could not perceive this world. We had living things on our skin, in our bodies, all over the place that we could not see. And these, my, this microbial world was not imperceivable to us because it was spiritual or because it was dimensional. It was imperceivable to us because we did not have the technological capability to see it. And, and it was the advent of the invention of the, mic, of the microscope that allowed us finally to see microbes. And so suddenly something that was invisible to us, but was always with us, we could now see microbes. We saw these tiny biological creatures that were living on our skin, that were living in the environment. And in fact, not only were they living in the environment, they are a crucial element of the environment, good and bad. These are the things that were causing plague and and all kinds of things that we were once attributing to demons and to foul air and, you know, to all kinds of um, climate change, (laughs) climate change, speculative, you know, uh, medieval superstitious stuff. Right. But once we invented the microscope, a piece of technology, 
we could see the microbes. So I submit to you, to you guys, that rather than a veil, some kind of a supernatural veil being thinned, I think that our technology is allowing us to perceive more and more of the physical reality around us. Um, now, there are, I think, more than the three spatial dimensions and the one of time. I think I, I, I um, subscribe to string theory. I think string theory is probably true, and there are 10, 10 dimensions to physical reality, um, plus the dimension of time. And, but that doesn't mean that these are separate worlds that are divided by some kind of a supernatural veil. These are parts of the world that we already inhabit that we simply cannot yet perceive. But you know what? We will be able to perceive, if we keep going with our technology, we will be able to perceive some of these dimensional facets this, of reality. And that's part yeah. of what uh, CERN is doing. Yeah, was, and, oh, I was just going to ask you that. Exactly. CERN. And isn't CERN kind of an outgrowth of the old Ouija boards and the, and the demonic it, 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 it is, but practices? It is, but CERN has been working on one of the main projects, not just the God particle, but CERN has been working on time travel. That is one of the paradoxes that they have been really, yeah. uh, they've been really in the background trying to do. And I mean, you have all different types of causalities here, like the grandfather paradox and different time independent paradoxes and aspects and the tachyon particle. But I mean, like they're trying to undo things. And I believe like what Tim is explaining, they're just trying to figure out how the other guys do it. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. And, and time dilation is a reality. It's, it's a, it is a known a proven property reality. of, of space time, mm -hmm. time dilation. And we know that we know that if you send an astronaut up, uh, you know, twin astronauts, one stays on the earth, one goes up in space. When they come back together, they're going to be biologically different in terms of their age. Now it's going to be very slight difference, but they're going to be biologically different. Mm. Um, different ages, even though they were exactly the same age before the one was sent up into space. We know that. That is a settled fact. Um, so you can manipulate time in certain ways. And I've said this on your program before. I think I've said this on your program bef before. Part of the reason why a saucer can hover over a field and, ab and abduct a cow Right. And then, and then suck, you know, what's it called? The, the sanguinize or whatever it's called, suck all the blood out of the cow and then drop it back down in the field. You know, a farmer may be standing in that field and then only be gone for 10 minutes and come back. And there's the cow completely devoid of blood with its, you know, with its uh, eyes and ears cored out or whatever, or its anus. And, and the farmer is perplexed. I was just here five minutes ago, 10 minutes ago. Part of the reason why I think that works is because that craft is operating in a gravity distortion bubble because it is manipulating gravity waves. And so it's creating, it is, it is bending space-time around it. And whenever, according to Einsteinian physics, whenever you bend space-time, you're also manipulating time. I should say, whenever you're bending space, you're also manipulating time. Now, you're not going back into the past and you're not, or you're not going into the future. You're just bending it around you. You're bending space-time and space and time are one fabric. So the and so as these craft move over an area and they abduct, a cow and they and they and they you know they do whatever they're doing the cow and drop it back in the field um you, to the farmer 10 minutes has elapsed but perhaps within that 
space-time distortion bubble being generated by the gravity waves around this craft, maybe in reality, inside of that craft, 20 or 30 minutes have transpired. Now, that's not time travel. That's time dilation. And indeed, uh, pilots who get close, and we know this for uh, a fact because it came out in the documents that were released by the Pentagon recently, that, that, that pilots who get close to the craft experience, in many cases, time dilation. What, what this is telling us is that they're coming into proximity with the warping of space-time. And we, these are the, I think these are our, our principles of, of physics that we understand and that probably elements of the military, military industrial complex, not only understand, but are mastering at this point. So is time travel um, possible? <clears throat> maybe, maybe not. I kind of doubt it. Is time warping dilation possible 100 absolutely yes I, have you heard i of think dilation would be a precursor to time travel though i it it, it is On have, the you continuum. Heard, have you heard of the philosopher uh kelly l ross no so kelly l ross uh he argued that in a time travel paradox i believe that's his uh his paper uh, that in a scenario involving a physical object whose world line or history the time that it's traveling uh, can cause a closed loop system and it can be in direct violation of the second law of thermodynamics, but also not change its reality outside of that. So it can travel more or less. They have, they have theorized, they've theorized. I don't think they put practical application to it, but they've theorized the science of mathematics for a bubble to travel through time and take time. And as it's traveling linearly, it'll just rotate around the bubble just like this. And inside everything stays the same, but on the outside, everything is speeding up, but it's warping at the same time. It's in, they don't really have a word yeah. for it, but it causes, you can't manipulate one without the other. It's space yeah. time. So if you're manipulating space in a serious way, I mean, warping it, you know, warping the fabric of space, then you are also manipulating time. But one and, of the things, one of the things that they talk about, and I want to see if you if you uh, know this or if you can actually mention this. Uh, I think one of the reasons why you randomly have a flying saucer fly to the ground and crash is because that warp time dilation, based off of what Ross uh, his research is, that you create an entropy of whatever device is being uh, put inside that time warp. All right, so if I gave you a watch. And 60 years from now, I took that watch and I traveled back in time 60 years and I gave it to you again. It's going to be the same watch. It's going to be in a completely different condition, though. It's going to have entropy by going through that time warp, constantly doing this. And it's like it's like if you put uh, something in a washing machine, all right, it's going to get beaten up, right? So that's what he's saying is, is one of the reasons why uh, the possibility that these craft We'll just be flying, and then all of a sudden, pew, just go down. Um, because of using this technology, just randomly kills it. Maybe that may be a side effect of of, of warping space time. I mean, I don't know. I or, mean, that, that would be a very interesting question for a physicist. I would I would postulate another possibility. We might have mastered enough technology to bring it down. Right, and I don't think there's any question about that. I think you know it's like uh, we'll think of it this way. Um, we have 
these advanced vehicles we call automobiles, right? And if we were to go back in time with our automobiles, if we go back in time with, let's say, you know, uh, a military Humvee, and you're driving, well, maybe that's not the best example. Let's say my, let's say my, my Tacoma truck, right? I go back in time with it and I'm driving around back in the caveman times or whatever. And I've got this piece of technology. They can't comprehend it. They don't know. They think it's, you know, a dinosaur. I don't know. Or they think I'm a God, right? But, but all they got to do is throw their spare hard enough at my tire to pop it. Even though I'm in this advanced piece of uh, uh, equipment, you know, there are very simple means by which they could, they could bring it down by which they could, they could render it, um, um, non-functioning. And, you know, one of the ways is if they can figure out how to get inside the car and turn and press the button and turn the car off. Right. Or again, pop my tire or something like that. Um, now that may be a crude analogy, but I just because grays are operating advanced technology doesn't mean that they're not susceptible to something very simple that can screw them up. I mean, you know, it could be it could be sound waves, uh, it could be electromagnetic, it could be high energy beam weapons. Do you think that's it, why it, that's why they harvest water? Because you know, they do harvest water. They do harvest water. Because what, what you said makes sense. You know, maybe the car is a bad analogy, but if you took a helicopter and brought it back in time with Ezekiel, what do you think he's going to see? A spinning fiery wheel in the sky, right? All right? And try to explain that to the best of his ability. But you know what the helicopter is eventually going to do? It's going to run out of jet fuel and have to land and have to replenish and hover and take off yeah. again. But of course, yeah. same thing with, with the fuel resources, with water, with hydrogen. That makes a lot of sense. They, 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 you they, know, they, they, those uh, those reactors may need water as a coolant, right? In the same way right. that 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 we cool down our reactors with water. So um, I know for a fact, by the way, that uh, that saucers that saucers are are often found. Not just saucers. Saucers the most common kind of UFO, besides the orbs, which is a whole different topic. But but, the, but, you know, there's a place in Peru called Chongos. Uh, I was there uh, a few years ago doing some, uh, making a film actually, um, and, and, and uh, researching the Chongos pyramid. But anyway, this is, a, this is out in the middle of the desert. And there's a, not far from this pyramid, there's this lake, um, a small lake. And it's, it's, in, it's not, a, not exactly in proximity to the pyramid, but it's, it's within the region. And we were actually looking for gold. We we're looking for treasure in this lake uh, based on some, some legends, uh, Incan legends. And uh, we were going to dive in this lake and stuff. And, and all of the locals kept telling us this story about this lake. And in fact, you know, uh, Chase and L.A. Marsuli um, a pre- on a previous trip had heard this from the mayor of the town within which this lake was located, uh, the vicinity of, the, of this uh, jurisdiction of this mayor. And there was this event that everybody remembers because this saucer came down low enough over the lake and started sucking the water up into it. And the people, this is their only water source in this area. The people were freaking out, not just because there was a flying saucer, but because it was, it was tapping their, 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 their water, which is really important in the middle of the desert. This is in the middle of the desert, one of the driest places on earth. And so the people and the mayor was there. The mayor was called. The people began to pick up rocks and throw it at the craft you know and ding it off the craft so this wasn't just like some sighting these are the people trying to stop the craft from sucking their water up and uh and everybody was telling us this story and you know you don't it's not just like one or two eyewitnesses it's like half the town and it was a relatively recent uh 
uh, recent occurrence. So I, I suspect that that has something to do with with their propulsion system and and, and uh, you know using it, it as a coolant. Go ahead, gentlemen. Dave. We have done the longest show in the history of what we have done here, <laughs> and uh, at some point we have to stop. But but we've kind of stopped at a point that it would be a whole nother show. But I want to talk about because we've touched on this now with technology. Where's this headed in your estimation? But we're going to hold that because we're going to use that as leverage to get you back on here. <laughs> and I promise we won't raise the sun the next time we have you on. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I think, you know, obviously we've been together and, and uh, not just uh, over the, on your radio program, but, but together and, in, uh, in Nashville and, and, you know, the three of us could sit and talk all night long. Easily. Exactly. Exactly. So, but yeah, I mean, it's always a pleasure to come on with you guys. And this, this might be one of the most interesting conversations I've ever had on, 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 a, on a program like this. So, um, and that that's because you guys are very interesting and you, and you're the way you think and, and your knowledge base, it's just fun talking to you guys. So, uh, I'll definitely come back on to continue this conversation. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Tim. Um, this is Dave for the Doug and Dave Intel Report, signing off the marathon broadcast. I, we hope you enjoyed it because I'm telling you, you're not getting this very few places. L.A. Marzulli, people like that, yes, but this is really kind of a rare occurrence, so let's treasure it together. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. all stations, all call signs. Prepare for transmission. This is Wrecker Actual. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. End of transmission. <laughs>